Welcome to the Connected Communication Podcast, the show which explores how much of communication is nature and how much is nurture, sharing speaking secrets along the way. I'm your host, Christine Malani. In today's episode, I'm sharing one of the audio sessions from the Phenomenal Presenters Masterclasses on pause. I'm going to demonstrate the effect of using too much pause and not using enough pause before I talk about it in full. Are you ready? In this recording, I'm going to talk about the power of pause and talk a little bit about how the brain works, priming focus, noise and mindful communication in a different recording. I'll talk about the different types of pause and the impact it can have, giving some examples along the way. Ooh. How much of what I just said did you actually take in? How comfortable did you feel listening? Do you really want to keep listening? Let's try it again. In this recording, I'm going to talk about the power of pause and talk a little bit about how the brain works, priming, focus. Okay, well, I stop there. I won't put you through the pain of the rest of that. How did it feel listening that time? Now, let's apply pause properly. In this recording, I'm going to talk about the power of pause and talk a little bit about how the brain works, priming, focus, noise and mindful communication. In a different recording, I'll talk about the different types of pause and the impact it can have, giving some examples along the way. What about that time? What difference could you hear, feel and sense between the first example and the second? I'm hoping at this point you're saying, oh yeah, yeah, I'm starting to hear the effect of using pause. Good. Let's dig a bit deeper. Just like fingerprints, no two brains are the same. Adults speak, read and think at different rates. What's happening around them has an impact. When we're suddenly startled, we can often think quickly to get ourselves to safety. The opposite is also true. We panic, freeze, unsure of how to escape. When we see an image or a word, certain memories can be stimulated. But how long the recall process takes varies from person to person, brain to brain. Language, culture, life experience, all of these different things influence how we form thoughts and ideas and how we process concepts. But what does that have to do with pause, you might ask? We generally think much more quickly than we speak. One of the American associations says that we speak at about 150 words per minute. Other research suggests it's between 140 to 160 words. The reality is that it absolutely depends on where you're from, your language capacity, your proficiency, mood, energy, to whom you're speaking, the context. For instance, if I spoke on the podcast like I speak to my family, not a lot of people would listen. But that's also got to do with pace and an Irish accent coming in. We'll cover that in a different episode. There are many aspects that influence speech. But we do think more quickly than we speak. So when we hear someone mention an idea, our brains start going into overdrive. 
Our mental maps start connecting, trying to recall what we already know or think we know about a topic. The words we hear, the images we see prime our minds to be able to follow a concept. Pausing during a talk, presentation, speech, or even just in general conversation. Thus affords the listener time to pull their knowledge together and connect the speaker's ideas to their own. There may be a disconnect as well. A speaker might say something that's the total opposite of my experience or nurturing, for instance. And this does actually happen to me a lot, to be honest. It makes me seem quite disagreeable. Then my brain questions what they've said. I need time to connect the dots across my understanding to be able to continue focusing on the speaker. If they don't give me time to connect, I might get frustrated, disbelieve their experience or their expertise, and stop paying attention. That's not just me. This is what can generally happen. I'm assuming you've never heard of dopamine. It's a happy hormone which has been found to spike interest and strengthen memory. When we pause, we invoke curiosity or challenge. This releases dopamine, which can create memories. Now in the training audio on the masterclasses, I address this moment a little bit differently. But because this is a podcast episode, I, I need to add in the comment here. When I said, I'm assuming you've never heard of dopamine. What happened in your brain, listener? What happened in your body? What did you say to yourself? Yes, I have. Everybody talks about dopamine these days. Everybody knows what dopamine is. Oh, maybe not everybody who's listening said that to themselves, but I can guess that a proportion of you did. May I invite you to think back to what I'd said just before it? Was your brain triggered into a natural response or a nurtured reaction? Was there a disconnect between what you understood and what I presumed you didn't understand? As a result, were you able to follow what I said next? What about noise? We've been conditioned to need outer noise. We're constantly overstimulated by a low buzz from plugs and technology, distant roads and machinery, music, you name it. One of the biggest challenges people who move from the city to the countryside often have is dealing with the silence. From my perspective, the opposite is true. I am a total country bumpkin. In other words, I'm from the country. I find the constant hum of the city next to unbearable. <laughs> to share a short story with you, recently I moved to Spain. I live in an apartment next door to a lovely German man. I'd say he's probably in his late 80s. In many Spanish apartments you can hear next door. My neighbour used to be a singer. So, at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, I get woken by the hum of an operatic voice serenading me through the walls. It's okay. I accept it. He's elderly. And he isn't a bad vocalist, to be fair to him. But I do look forward to moving to the countryside and getting back my silence. What about inner noise? Another challenge for many is creating inner silence. For a lot of people, 
women in particular. There's a voice inside the head constantly chattering, telling us we didn't achieve enough. Nobody wants to listen to us or we need to work harder to succeed. Neglecting moments of pause to create inner silence can allow those voices to take over. And the more we let them speak, the more our subconscious believes the statements to be true. The subconscious brain doesn't actually know the difference between what's real and what's imaginary. It just needs something to be said or done enough. Then the connections are formed, the neurons fire, and it becomes a habit. What does this have to do with speaking and pause? As a speaker, if I can't control the voices in my head, I might decide that my audience isn't interested in me if they don't engage in the way that I want them to. Maybe I think I'm boring. This can impact my confidence during a presentation. I might make mistakes. My voice might tremble or soften. My lack of inner confidence would come across in my tone. Did you hear that? I might make mistakes. My voice might tremble or soften. My lack of inner confidence will come across in my tone. Creating moments of silence allows us to quieten the inner chatter. It can be tricky, especially for an active mind used to the habit loop of negative self-talk. Meditation is a great help, but not everybody is able to meditate or finds themselves able to relax. Doing something as simple as stopping to notice a bee resting on a petal or a leaf blowing in the wind can help add moments of pause. When we think about it from the neuroscience perspective, without getting too technical, we call this direct experience. The default or narrative network operates most of the time. That's when those voices are telling us we need to do more, we're not enough, we're not interesting. The direct experience network is when we just simply notice what's happening in the moment. It allows us to completely disconnect from future perspection, past concerns. Just be in that moment. Looking at that beautiful bee resting on a petal. This makes me think of the film American Beauty. You know, when the plastic bag is just blowing in the wind. I love watching plastic bags just blowing in the wind. I don't love the fact that it's a plastic bag. So I do try to get them and put them in a bin. But it's just that idea of something floating in the wind is so lovely to watch. At work. Why not take a moment to stare out the window between meetings? Or just stretch? In Germany, what I love about one of their laws is that every office has to have a window, or not a window, has to have a view of the sky. Isn't that really cool? Does pausing come naturally or is it nurtured? I was tempted to look up ChatGPT for a response to this. I'd imagine it would have said both. More in a future episode about ChatGPT's take on communication being nature or nurture. The answer to this question to me is arguable, as most things are. How we pause naturally, without thinking, has become habit. Having developed over time in the communication culture we've grown up. A bit like I said in the turn-taking episode. We learn cues to know when and how to pause. This differs across cultures. When I was living in Poland, 
I used to notice that one person spoke at length. The other might stand with an unanimated face, arms folded, listening. When the speaker finished, the listener responded. Their body language to me may have seemed uninterested, disconnected, even rude. But they may very well have been following and enjoying the speaker. It can be Polish communication culture not to be as expressive with the face and body when listening as it is in English. A Czech client once told me that it's not common to pause in Czech when someone asks you a question, especially if you don't know the questioner. So there's a sense of expectation for an almost immediate response. This can add a degree of pressure, pushing the brain into that threat or fear state. In English, one very important aspect of pause is the consideration of the listener. Now, before I get a deluge or flood of comments telling me about the many speakers of English who don't show consideration by using pause, let me address that. Like I said before, pause habits become natural over time. They're nurtured. As we develop, many of us have to vie for position, or the opposite, are given too much. Drivers of social behaviour develop. The scarf model I mentioned in turn-taking which I'll cover in a future episode. This can make us feel a sense of reward. For example, high status when we're the loudest voice in the room. Or threat. Disconnection when we're not given any space to speak. An entire population of speakers of any language will never behave equally. Pause is powerful. And a key element of effective communication public speaking, performance and presentation. Not just moments of pause to create silence for ourselves, quietening our minds, but to offer audiences the opportunity to predict, to reflect, to help a speaker be influential or persuasive, to create moments of thought, and for many other different reasons, which I cover in a module on the masterclasses. Winston Churchill was very famous for his power pause, or pause for presence, just before speaking, sometimes in the middle of speeches. He'd walk into a room or up to a podium and pause, waiting for silence to fall, so his presence was felt. Obama uses those pauses as well, amongst many other techniques. He gave a tremendous speech in Ireland when he visited. He even had cupla fuckel, a few words asquelga in Irish. Pause is powerful. Silence is solidifying. Yet many people fear it. Let's see if we can nurture some new habits next week, shall we, listeners? Are you up for a challenge? When you're at work this week, or communicating or conversing with others, watch how they pause, or fail to. How different is it across cultures and linguistic backgrounds? What's the impact of overuse of pause? What happens when there's none? How can you inject more pause into your communication? What impact does doing so have? Finally, and possibly most importantly, connect with yourself. Take a couple of moments of pause to watch a leaf blowing in the wind. Let the sun shine or rain or snow fall on your face or simply stare out the window.
taking a deep breath, connecting and communicating with your heart. If it's difficult, start with one second, adding another second every day. Please share your experiences, the culture of pause in your language, in the comments. Or if you're in the community, please share there. We might set up a little Zoom session for members to explore pause across cultures. What do you think? As always, thank you for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe and share with friends if you find it useful. Until next time, Banakti August Buikas. <laughs>